0: Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2017. I am Mike Lyon. This is the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. And it is Christmas morning for an awful lot of fans, specifically those of the New England Patriots. It is opening day in the NFL season for the Patriots. The Pats, your Pats, play this evening, 8.30 p.m. They kick off the 2017 NFL season at home at Gillette Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they get the traditional opening game on Thursday, uh, the winner of the Super Bowl. Generally gets to open the season at home. There'll be a big ceremony to unveil the newest banner. That makes it five banners, obviously, in the Bell Belichick and Tom Brady era. And the fifth Super Bowl in the history of the New England Patriots. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. There's festivities all around Boston, all around New England, all day today. There's a big concert in Boston. Uh, I'm obviously not there, but if you're there, go down there, check it out. Enjoy yourselves. It is a fun day, and it's going to be an interesting day indeed. So with that, almost the entire podcast today will be dedicated to the season, to the game this evening. Uh, I told you yesterday we were going to do almost entirely a Patriots podcast today. We'll get to the Red Sox game, uh, which was a big win last night for the Sox. At the end of the podcast, we'll just recap it briefly. Uh, But the vast majority of today's podcast is going to be about the Patriots what we can look for from the team, what we can look for, for the, from this evening's game, uh, and uh, maybe some predictions down the road and some thoughts on uh, who, we can, who, who we can really target to watch as, as a potential breakout candidate uh, this year for the good guys. So you look at the team as constructed. The obvious huge news uh, in the, the preseason uh, and in training camp was the devastating ACL injury for Julian Edelman. He's going to miss the entire season. Uh, it is not an insignificant blow by any stretch of the imagination. You're talking about Tom Brady's favorite target over the past several years. Uh, people want to say Gronk was the number one target. If you look, if you look at the total number of targets, obviously Gronk's been hurt a little bit more, uh, a lot more than Edelman ever has. But even on a per game basis, when Gronk was in the lineup, uh, Edelman was more targeted than any Patriot since once, I think since since Wes Welker. Uh, was healthy and, and, and playing for these guys. And, and obviously Brady and Edelman have what is unquestionably a very good rapport, a very close relationship. That's not something you can just repair or or, or fix overnight. You're not going to be able to build that kind of rapport with anybody. So even though the Patriots' wide receiving core looks to be pretty strong even without Edelman, I'm not going to discount Edelman as a loss, or, or the, the, I'm not. Excuse me. I'm not going to discount the loss of Edelman to this team. Uh, I think it's going to mean an awful lot, especially in the early going. They're going to have to change their game plan uh, pretty significantly. They don't have a receiver with the same set of skills as Edelman on the team. I know a lot of people want to look at Brandon Cooks and say, "Well, he's a, he's a he, he he's about the same build as Edelman. He's short. He's fast. He's even faster. He'll do all the things that Edelman could do." I I don't think, quite frankly, that's how they're going to use Brandon Cooks. uh, And I don't think he's the the pass catcher and the root runner that Edelman was. You're not going to find many better guys in the NFL uh, at at doing things as precisely and and as succinctly and as perfectly, quite frankly, as the Josh McDaniels and Belichick system requires them to be done. So uh, I, I don't think this is an insignificant loss by any stretch of the imagination. It is a big one. Uh, the Patriots' offense is equipped to handle it. Of course, uh, they've got plenty of weapons. They've got plenty of targets, uh, and they certainly have number 12 in the back, in, in under center and in the shotgun, whatever you want to call it. As long as you've got number 12, your offense is probably going to be okay. But even he's going to have to adapt to this. This is this this is a blow. Don't make any mistake about it. Uh, and. We'll see how they how they do this on the fly, not having Julian Edelman, Edelman for the entire year. We wish him the best, obviously. Hope he has a speedy recovery, uh, at least on social media and in the public. He's taking a very uh, positive spin on this, that he's going to put all of his effort into his recovery and get back strong again next year. We wish him the best, but obviously this year we're going to have to proceed without him. So that'll be the first thing to look for, especially this evening. What kind of game plan do the Patriots throw out there without Julian Edelman? Uh, And how are the other wide receivers going to be used? Now you take a look at the rest of the offense uh, outside. I mean, we'll kind of take a broad overview of the rest of the offense. Uh, Position by position, or at least positional group by positional group. Uh, We can put the quarterbacks to rest pretty easily. You got Brady, you got Jimmy Garoppolo to back them up. Some people were surprised that they traded Jacoby Brissett last weekend. Uh, out to Indianapolis, I was one of those people, quite frankly, that were a little surprised by it. Uh, obviously, the, the Patriots felt that they could use a little bit of uh, a little bit more positional flexibility uh, at other positions, a little more depth at other positions, uh, and assuming the health of Brady and Garoppolo, uh, Jacoby Brissett was not going to see the field this year. So, it, while it's it's difficult to see a guy like that go to some extent because he played. Obviously, he came in in the early part of last season, won a couple of very big games for the Patriots, won a big game for, against Houston, won a game in relief against Miami early on in the season when Garoppolo went down and Brady was suspended. Uh, but you can't say it's 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 a surprising cut. Uh, you can't say it's a, a, a blow to the team. I think they liked Brissett. I certainly did. They, they liked the intangibles that he brought. Um, But if you can train them and get an asset like Philip Dorsett back, uh, I don't see how you don't make the move. And so for the quarterback position, I don't think you need to analyze it anymore. They've got the best quarterback in the league, and they've got the best backup in the league. So they're pretty set from the quarterback angle. I don't think you need to say anything more than that. The running back grouping is an interesting group, and not just because of what they did at the top of it. For the first time in an awfully long time, you won't see LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield this year for the Patriots uh, unless something weird happens and they bring him back. He's a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, They bring in Mike Gillisley from the Buffalo Bills. He inherits the kind of big back role that that Blunt was. Um, And and by the end of his tenure in in New England, he was was more of a workhorse than he had ever been before. Um, So... We'll see how the Patriots want to utilize Gillisley this year. He, he's a bigger guy. He he has a very good yards per carry average. Uh, I think he was averaging over five yards per carry in Buffalo over the past couple of years. He's very very good after contact, which I think the Patriots liked. Um, and wanted that one of the reasons they wanted to bring him in was LeGarrette Blount was really good after contact as well. Kept those legs moving. Uh, so we'll see what kind of diet what, what kind of diet with the ball Gillisley gets. Uh, Behind him, the Super Bowl hero, James White, Deion Lewis, they both come back uh, in the uh, pass-catching, kind of change-of-pace back roles. Um, I think you'll see a big season from James White this year. Uh, I think James White has done everything that the Patriots have asked him to do. Um, I think he's ready for that role. I think, obviously, you saw in the Super Bowl, he can be a weapon. He can be trusted he can run good routes catch the ball into the backfield take it and carry it when called upon Uh, I think this role is James White's to lose I think Deion Lewis you're you're gonna see Deion Lewis get a lot of playing time I don't think you're gonna see him in the backfield as much I think you're gonna see him as a wide receiver they really liked splitting him out if you can remember it three or the year after they won the Super Bowl so I guess two seasons ago technically um They signed him as a free agent in the offseason. If if you can remember that first game against Pittsburgh uh, of that season, they opened against Pittsburgh after they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl uh, on a Thursday night. And if you can remember it, Deion Lewis caught something like seven or eight passes that night, uh, and almost all of them were from the slot or wide as a wide receiver. He had one play where he was matched up on a safety or a linebacker, um, and they threw him a a, a quick stop route or an out route or something like that. He caught the ball, made a quick spin, deked the, the defender out of his shoes and got a big gain out of it. I think you're going to see Lewis used a lot like that this year. I, I think they'll like him in the slot. Uh, he's a good root runner for a running back. You could see him uh, come in and, and do some of the things that Edelman did, uh, obviously not to the same uh, extent that Edelman did, not to the same precision that Edelman did, but I, I think you'll see a lot of slot play and a lot of res- you know, receiver routes for, for Deion Lewis this year. You might also see him returning some punts with, with Edelman being down. They're going to have to figure out uh, who's going to be the primary punt returner uh, this season. So that's the depth in the running back position. Uh, Brandon Bolden just re-signed. He, he does some special teams work. Uh, but that's the depth in the running back position. Interesting position for the Pats this year. We'll see what they do with it starting tonight. So now you move out to the wide receivers. Um, And we've already talked about Edelman. We've already talked about what the loss of Edelman. Means to the offense. We don't need to rehash that. But let's look at what they do have. It starts with the trade for Brandon Cooks. They, they get Brandon Cooks in a trade from New Orleans early on in the offseason. With Edelman going down, he immediately becomes your number one wide receiver. He is by far the most talented wide receiver on the roster. He's the fastest Uh, Although with Philip Dorsett in the fold now, he he might lay claim to that. But he's certainly the quickest. He's the best route runner. Um, He did a lot of things for Drew Brees in New Orleans. People thought of him as a a slot guy, an intermediate route runner, a screen guy because he was so fast. That's not everything Brandon Cooks did in New Orleans. Uh, They would send him deep on occasion. He had some big catches. He's a very versatile wide receiver. And... It's kind of hard to figure out exactly what Belichick is going to do, and I think that's exactly how him and McDaniels want to play this. They want, they don't want people to know exactly where he's going to be deployed in the offense, whether that's in the slot, whether that's out wide, uh, what that really is going to mean. I, I think you're going to see, if he picks up the offense pretty quick, I think you'll see Brandon Cooks deployed all over the fields. In all different kinds of formations. They're going to send him long, they're going to send him short, they're going to do all kinds of different things with him. He's very much a wild card. I think he'll play an awful lot, especially with Edelman down. He's clearly your number one. What I think most people are forgetting is Chris Hogan's still there. And Chris Hogan had one of the most, one of the best unsung seasons in Patriots history that I can ever remember a wide receiver. Or quite frankly, any position player having in the Brady and Belichick era. Uh, if you look at his yards per catch average, it was one of the highest in the league. He was the home run threat for the Patriots last year. You think he's going to do it again. Uh, but his impact on the field goes beyond his, his, his catching the football and, and his going down the field for it. He's an excellent downfield blocker. Excellent downfield blocker. He threw some big blocks uh, for the Patriots last season. You'll see him do it again. He's a good route runner. He's got a good rapport with Brady. Um, he's gonna play a lot, and I would not be surprised to see Hogan catch over 50 or 60 balls this year. Um, especially, like I said, with with Edelman going down, you know, he's, he, Brady's gonna have to spread the wealth a little bit more. Uh, I think Hogan earned that. That he's he's earned that type of role with the Patriots. He did everything the Patriots asked of him last year. He excelled in it. He had a terrific season. I think you'll see him have another terrific season and an even bigger role for this team. Behind Hogan, you've got two guys that are in unique but similar scenarios at the same time. You've got Danny Danny Amendola, who for something like the third or fourth straight year, took a pay cut to remain with the Patriots. He's another friend of another close friend of Brady's. He's someone who, who Brady trusts, quite frankly, but he can never seem to stay on the field. It, it always seems like Danny Amendola's hurt. It always seems like he's a step behind Edelman. Uh, he won't be a step behind Edelman this year, obviously. Um, he's very clearly the number three, maybe even the number four, depending on what Malcolm Mitchell does, but he, he's, he's in that type of a role where he can come in, play in the slot, get some big third-down catches, play in the, in, in the three-wide package, the four-wide package. Um, if he can stay healthy, then I think you'll see Edelman have a really good season for them. I, I wouldn't expect more than about 30 or 40 catches, maybe 50, depending on how he is earlier on the in on the season. Uh, I think people who expect him to come in and play the Julian Edelman role – uh, and just be on the field all the all all the time. I, I don't think they they they're thinking straight on that. Adam Amendola has really never done that in his career, um, and I don't expect it's going to happen this year either. Uh, next to him is Malcolm Mitchell, and Malcolm Mitchell's in an interesting spot. He, he's he's working through a knee injury in in training camp and in in the preseason. Uh, all signs are he's going to play tonight. Um, He had an interesting year last year. I think most people would say he had a very solid rookie year, especially as a fourth-year player. He had an excellent playoffs and a really, really good Super Bowl, um, and that was good to see, especially for him going forward. But we'll see what kind of role Malcolm Mitchell has in the offense this year. Uh, You hope that it's going to be expanded a little bit um, based upon – like I said, the playoff performance last year, he had a very solid campaign. Brady trusted him. He talked an awful lot about how well he'd been doing in practice and how well he was grasping the offense. He's a good kid. He's, a, he's got a very solid head on him. Um, he works hard. And, you know, when you think about Malcolm Mitchell being the fourth wide receiver on the team, uh, and I think he is the number four wide receiver on the team right now, you're talking about a very stacked wide receiver court, even without Julian Edelman. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of how how can they gel in Edelman's absence, how do the roles play out, how does McDaniels use them, and can he use them uh, effectively, or as effectively as, as he has in the past when Edelman was in the lineup. The fifth guy is Philip Dorsett, who they just acquired, like I said, for, for, for Jacoby Brissett, uh last weekend. And it's extremely, extremely difficult for a wide receiver to pick up Bill Belichick's system at all, let alone with a week's time uh, or less than a week's time to do it. So I I would not expect Philip Dorsett to have a significant role in this offense. Certainly not early. You could see him back taking some punts. He's very quick. He's extremely fast. Uh, He didn't do a whole lot in Indianapolis. Uh, He was drafted with a pretty high pick. Uh, and the Colts did not think all that highly of him, obviously to trade him away for Jacoby Brissett, who was no more than a third-string quarterback in New England. Uh, part of that I think you can attribute to the fact that the Colts have had their offensive problems over the past couple of years. Andrew Luck's been hurt. They haven't had much of an offensive line. Uh, but we'll see if, if if Dorsett can come on and, and, and take on even a limited role in the offense by the end of the year. I think it's a net positive for the Patriots. If he can come in and return some punts, uh, and play well that way. Again, it's a net positive. Uh, I, I just, I would not, I would caution anybody from uh, expecting too much out of this guy, especially right out of the gate. It's a very difficult system to pick up, uh, and it's going to be, uh, it, it's especially for a young guy like Dorsett, even though the Patriots may think a lot of him, uh, I wouldn't think he's going to pick up the system and play right away. But that's the wide receiver core. It's a very strong core. They've obviously got a great quarterback throwing to them, so you expect good things out of them this season. Then you look at the tight ends. Uh, The number one guy is Rob Gronkowski. He's back. He's healthy by all accounts. That's a really important thing for the Patriots. Um, The fact that they won the Super Bowl last year without Rob Gronkowski in the lineup is... Uh, quite frankly, incredible when you think about it. Rob Gronkowski is really, really important to what they do. Uh, and he's really, really important to the offensive scheme that McDaniels has. He's, he's, he's the best root-running tight end in the league. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Brady loves him. Uh, by all accounts, he's healthy. If Gronk is healthy, the offense is better. It's, very, it's as simple as that. Uh, I don't think you need to say much more about it. I'm really looking to see how they use the number two guy, who this year is Dwayne Allen, uh, who they got in another trade from the Colts in the offseason. Um, Dwayne Allen was a guy who Andrew Luck really liked out there. He had two tight ends in Indianapolis. He doesn't have either one of them anymore. The other one was Colby Kobe, Kobe Fleener, who's now in New Orleans. Um, Dwayne Allen is a good wide, good tight end. He's a good pass catcher. He's a good blocker. Um, his stats don't jump off the page at you. Again, uh, part of that has to do with the, the, the offensive problems that the Colts have had over the couple of, last couple of years with Luck being hurt uh, and the offensive line not being what it was. They, they needed him to, to come in and block. Um, I think the Patriots identified his blocking ability um, as something that they wanted to capitalize on and, and, and wanted, to, wanted to have for their own team. Um, and we'll see if that plays, you know, how they play out because he's a pretty good root runner too and a pretty good pass catcher. So I'm very interested to see if, if they go back and, and use some two tight end looks like they were famous for using when they had Gronk and Hernandez. Last year they used it before Gronk got hurt with Gronk and Bennett. Um, I'm very interested to see what, what kind of schemes they come up with for, for Dwayne Allen and if he's he's viewed more as a pass catcher or a blocker. Either way, solid addition to the team. Uh, And I think he'll do well uh, in in the Patriots offense. And finally, in the offensive side, you take a look at the line. Uh, The most important part of the team that isn't Tom Brady is this set of offensive linemen. Uh, One one of the big reasons they had so much success last year was this offensive line played virtually end-to-end. They went from beginning to end intact, which is not something you can say for the year before when they had so many so many injuries up there. Um, Nate Solder, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon, left to right. Um, I think they played almost every snap that was available to them, uh, and they almost never had to use backup offensive linemen, which is really saying something uh, if you're the Patriots. It, it, it happens almost never. Um, None of them had significant injuries, which is just incredible when you think about it. David Andrews was just named a captain, which tells you what his teammates think of him. Um, Nate Solder has been around the team for an awfully long time. Uh, he's a free agent at the end, at the end of this year. Um, he's a steady left tackle. Brady trusts him. Done extremely well. Joe Tooney had a couple of struggles here and there last year, but from a guard, uh, a third-round pick and an offensive guard, another very solid year. Jack Mason is an excellent run blocker. He's always been an excellent run blocker. Uh, he made terrific strides in the passing game last season. Um, <clears throat> Marcus Cannon is a guy who was obviously significantly criticized, um, for the, the year before last year, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, especially in the playoff game against Denver when Von Miller just ate his lunch and, uh, other guys. I mean, the entire Derek Wolf and the entire Broncos defensive line just ate his lunch. They get Dante Scarnecchia back as a coach last year, and he makes Marcus Cannon into an all-pro type of player. That's the kind of year he had last year. He was terrific. Uh, the entire Patriots line was terrific from start to finish. They had a little trouble in the playoffs. Um, actually had significant trouble against Houston in the first round, or in the divisional round. Uh, they had a some trouble with with Vic Beasley and the and the Falcons in the Super Bowl in the first half, but they asserted asserted themselves as the game went on. Uh, and this is still one of the best best groups in the entire league, if not the best group in the entire league. Uh, if you can ask Brady, and Brady will tell you firsthand, if there's any group more responsible for for his success than his offensive line, I don't know what it is. Um, but the same group returns this year. They get a little more help. They've got some backups. Uh, they, they, they got a couple guys in the draft that might be able to help. But uh, this you can expect this group to try to go wire to wire again. Belichick trusts them. He wants them to go wire to wire. He doesn't want to sub out offensive linemen. Um, and this group is strong. They play together well and expect them to have another great year. So that's the offense. Uh, I don't think any surprise that this is a potent, a powerful Uh, An excellent offensive attack. I don't think anybody expected any different. uh, And I would expect that they're going to have no trouble scoring points this year uh, on that side of the football. So now you look at the defense, and and you start on the defensive line um, with what I think is the biggest question mark for the Patriots this season. Most notably because one of the anchors of your defensive line just retired, Rob Ninkovich. I mean, you can criticize Ninkovich for some games he's had in the past, but one thing you really can't say about him uh, is that he wasn't durable. I mean, this this guy started virtually every game that he could for the Patriots in his tenure with the team. He was mostly steady. He had some big plays for the Patriots, uh, and you could always count on him to be in the lineup uh, for and, and that in and of itself is, is you know, the dependability factor uh, is something that's not going to be easily replaced. Um, not only that, you lose Jabal Sheard to free agency. That's not really a surprise. He didn't have a great season last year, uh, and he was being passed over on the depth chart. Uh, but you lose Jabal Sheard, and you're going to start two guys on the end, most likely uh, a rookie and a second-year player. Uh, Trey Flowers had a, by all accounts, an enormous rookie season for the Patriots. He was their best pass rusher by the end of the year. He's going to start for you on one end. The other end is an enormous question mark. So it's difficult to project who's really going to start on the other side of Trey Flowers. I mean, Trey Flowers is obviously your, your end on one side. You've got Dietrich Wise, a rookie that they just picked, that they picked up obviously in the off season, who's had a really good camp, played hard. Um, again, you're talking about a fourth round pick, uh, or a fourth or fifth round pick for the Patriots, uh, to come in and start right away. Um, that didn't phase Flowers last year. He had a good season. It took him a little while to figure it out. But once he did, he had a really good year. Uh, and they obviously trust this guy enough, uh, Wise and some other uh, tra- undrafted rookies and uh, and guys that they picked up. They, they trust him enough to cut Coney Ealy. Uh, and and they, got a, they, they got Coney Ealy, who was a, a pretty good defensive lineman at one point, for the Carolina Panthers, especially the year they went to the Super Bowl, um, they pick him up, I think they swapped a second or a third round pick to, to, to go get him, uh, he comes into camp and Belichick cuts him, uh, a week and a half before, tra- Before uh, about a week and a half ago I guess at this point, but they trust Wise enough, they trust these other guys enough to cut Ely. Uh, Obviously, they felt that Ely wasn't up to snuff or or wasn't involved in the system or or didn't have the same type of camp that these other guys did. So the Invelichuk we trust motto needs to be strong with this. I I don't know if if there's a potential weakness on this team. It might be pass rushing. Uh, We'll see what happens with Flowers. I mean, Flowers had a good year. We'll see if he builds on it. The pass rush will need to come from somewhere, uh, and, and we'll see what kind of pressure they can get on the end. On the interior of the line, I think I, I still think they're pretty good. They've got Alan Branch back. The guy that Belichick said was their most consistent lineman last season. Had a great year. Malcolm Brown is back. People thought he had a down year last year. I thought he was pretty good, all things all things considered. Uh, and he gets to play next to Branch in the 4-3. Um, they're still fine in the interior of the line. They've got some guys. Vincent Valentine is not going to play tonight in all likelihood against Kansas City. Uh, but he's there as a backup. They do. They get Adam Butler, an undrafted guy, uh, who to take some snaps. Lawrence Guy, they get a, a guy from Baltimore who had some some success there in the interior of, interior of that line. He was a player that they had targeted early in free agency uh, and went out and signed when virtually nobody else was looking at him. So they like the depth that they have on the interior of that line. Uh, we'll see what happens on the ends of the line, but I do I do like it in the middle. Um, we'll see. If there's a weakness on this team, we'll see if the line is it, the defensive line is it. At linebacker, you've got what I think is one of the most interesting positions on the team. Dante Hightower was re-signed. That had to happen. You had to re-sign him. Uh, they did it, and they did it on their terms. He, he went and visited the Steelers and the Jets and got some offers from them. Uh, in that in the end he was always coming back to the Patriots. The Patriots got him back at a good number. He's your defensive captain. he comes back. David Harris is the pickup that they get from the Jets. At, at the ten, he's, he's been in the league about 10 years. He was a guy that, that always seemed to play well against the Patriots. Anytime the Patriots played the Jets, you heard David Harris's name making plays, making tackles, forcing fumbles. Even intercepting a couple of balls, um, he, he continues this theme of of Belichick going to get guys that have tormented him in the past. Wes Welker, Chris Hogan, um, there's a bunch of guys that Belichick has just scooped up who have really played well against the Patriots in the past. David Harris is one of those guys, and uh, he's been in the league an awfully long time. So that people say he's lost a step, um, he was still one of the very best players for the Jets on on their defense and on a defense that was still pretty good last season, even though the team struggled. Um, I think he'll play a big role. I'm glad to see he made the team. It seems like he's bought into the Belichick system. He's had glowing things to say about the Patriots all throughout training camp. Um, So I think he'll play a big role uh, next to high tower. I don't think he'll play every down. That's not what the Patriots do. The Patriots play and sub an awful lot and they rotate their linebackers. Uh, but I think he plays a big role, and I think Belichick will, will, will like having him there. Behind Harris, uh, you've got some depth. You've got a Landon Roberts there uh, who had what some would say was an up-and-down rookie season. I think I, you know, for a sixth-round pick from Houston, I don't think you can ask, ask too much more than what he did. He did have some coverage problems. Um, he came in and, and provided you with really good run defense, though. He's a good tackler. Uh, he hits hard. Uh, he's a good guy to have for those early downs, for those third and one, third and twos. He came in and played on the in the goal line package. Um, <clears throat> you know, with another year to build on it, um, I don't think Belichick. You know, clearly Belichick did not see him as a starter in the hair in the in the Hightower mold. That's why he went out and got David Harris. Um, but there's still a role for this guy. I mean, people were talking about him maybe being cut in, in training camp. That didn't happen. He comes back. He had a good enough training camp to make the team. So Belichick still sees him with a roll. Uh, I think you will see him, like I said, on a lot of third and shorts, a lot of short yardage situations. You probably won't see him in many sub packages, in the nickel, in the big nickel with three safeties on the field. Um, But you will see him take some snaps and hopefully make some big hits. The other guy to watch in this core is Kyle Van Noy. Uh, who Belichick got in a trade with the Lions in the middle of the year last year, um, and made an impact. I would not say a huge impact, but you still saw Kyle Van Noy on the field in some pretty key spots for the Patriots last year. He played a lot in the Super Bowl. He's one of the faster defenders that they have, um, so they're gonna tr- they trusted him to cover some tight ends, to cover some running backs. Uh, Maybe to rush the passer. He had a couple of sacks throughout the course of the season. Uh, With a full year in the system, maybe Kyle Van Noy is a guy who gets an extended role playing next to Hightower, playing next to Harris. Um, Maybe doing some rushing from the end, especially with Shane McClellan being hurt uh, in the early part of this season, Uh, potentially an IR candidate. In fact, I think they did put him on IR yesterday, maybe with a designation to return with with, with Shane McClellan. But... Uh, maybe Kyle Van Noy is, is your unsung guy who, who can get a bigger role this year in the Belichick defense. Uh, a, a very, you know, like I said, very athletic player, someone who can do a lot of things uh, between tackling, sacking the quarterback, and covering other, other, uh, other running backs and tight ends. Um, so if he's had a good camp, all indications are that he has. Maybe he's a guy that sees an extended role for this team. Uh, Harvey Lange is a guy that they liked an awful lot in training camp, and he he fills out the linebacker core. Uh, The undrafted guy, he did not play in the fourth preseason game. He didn't play in the second half of the third preseason game, the one where Edelman got hurt, which was a huge sign uh, that Belichick liked him and wanted to find a roster spot for this guy. He finds the roster, he gets the roster spot. Maybe he plays on special teams early. Maybe he sees a role, a limited role, in the linebacking core as the season goes on. Uh, Maybe something like Malcolm, you know, in in an ideal world, he'd have a season like Malcolm Butler had. They obviously play different positions, but uh, maybe he has a role like that where he starts in special teams, builds over the course of the season, and becomes a key contributor at the end of the year, like Butler did the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, But that's your linebacking core. It's an intriguing group. You never know who's going to be on the field at the same time. It's just, that's just how the Patriots run their defense. Um, they do a lot of sub-packages, so you never know exactly what they're thinking. But uh, it's an intriguing group. It's going to be fun watching to see how Belichick mixes and matches these guys because it's one of the more versatile groups that he's had in a while. And finally, we'll take a look at the core at the, at the backfield, the defensive backfield. Uh, the cornerback spot. Is an interesting one for a couple reasons. You got your, your starters are Stefan Stefan Gilmore, uh, the big free agent pickup, one of the more, if not the most shocking contract I have ever seen Bill Belichick give out. Uh, they give Stefan Gilmore about 60 something million dollars. They gave him a huge signing bonus in the range of 20 to 30 million, if not more, to come over from Buffalo and be your number one cornerback. He plays opposite Malcolm Butler um Everybody in New England knows Malcolm Butler by now. I don't need to introduce him anymore uh, but Malcolm Butler had what many thought was a subpar camp. He had a couple rough games in the preseason he admitted that. Um, if he's thinking about his contract, I guess I can't really blame him from one aspect but uh, he in any event is the guy you're trusting as as your number that's really your number two corner now with, with Gilmore being paid as much as he's he's being paid. Uh, they're your guys, and on paper, it's an extraordinarily strong starting two. Uh, you're not going to see many cornerbacks with the, with the credentials that Gilmore and Butler have. Um, so on paper, you think, at least you hope, that these two guys are going to be as good as, it, as they appear on paper. Because if they are, they got one of the best two cornerback tandems in the league. Eric Rowe is your nickel nickelback. Uh, the Patriots did a lot of uh, – your nickel cornerback, I should say. The Patriots did a lot of mixing and matching at this position last year. They tried Cyrus Jones there without a ton of success. They wanted him to, to have a bigger role in the, in the, in, in, in the defense this year, uh, but he gets hurt and is probably lost for the season. Uh, is Cyrus Jones. Uh, he got that in, in the third or fourth uh, preseason game. So Eric Rowe steps into the role. It's a role that he solidified over the course of the season, Uh, made a couple big plays in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl uh, for this team. He's not the prototypical cornerback that Belichick wants, but he's a little little longer, Uh, and he'll play quite a bit because the Patriots do sub-packages. Like I said, three cornerbacks quite a bit. Jonathan Jones, the undrafted rookie from Auburn from last season, is in there uh, to provide some depth. Uh, you may see some snaps here and there, especially if if Rose struggles early on in the season. Uh, but that's your cornerback group primarily. Um, we will see how it is utilized. Uh, generally, Gilmore, the top two cornerbacks don't come off the field very much. You should see Gilmore and Butler play an awful lot next to each other. Uh, you would expect that to continue. At the safety position, this is probably the most solid group you have. Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung, Deron Harmon. Those three guys, and Harmon, by the way, Harmon and McCourty were both named as captains this week, and and Chung is widely regarded as one of the team leaders. Uh, McCourty and Chung have played together for several years now. Uh, McCourty's one of the best safeties in the league and one of the most trusted guys on the team. Uh, Chung's versatility does an awful lot of things. Uh, Harmon plays a lot, probably plays more than, than almost any third safety in the NFL because the Patriots love to go big nickel, uh, with three safeties in the game, especially against teams uh, that use two tight ends and three three and four wide receiver packages. Um, there's not much more to be said. Other than quarterback, this is probably the most solid group that the Patriots have. It's a very good group. It's one that Belichick trusts a bunch. They don't make many mistakes. They make a ton of plays in both the run game and the passing game. Um... And you would think that this is going to be one of the strongest groups on the team. So it doesn't need you don't need to say much more about the safety position than that. Uh, but that's the defense. Again, it looks like a solid group. There's some question marks in the front seven, uh, as you have in a lot of Patriots teams, particularly on the defensive line at the end position. We will see how well they stack up with other teams uh, starting tonight against the Chiefs. Uh, but that's what you have on the defensive side of the football for the Pats. Special teams, we'll just run through it very quickly because there's not much more that needs to be said. Steve Goskowski is back as your kicker. Had a shaky start to last year but finished strong. Ryan Allen had a great year punting the football. He's back. Joe Cardona from Navy is back as your long snapper. Uh, the special teams group is, is captained again by Matthew Slater. Uh, they're coached very well. They should be a good unit again. They always seem to win the special teams battles. Had a little bit of a struggle here and there in games last year. But again, it should be a pretty tight-knit group. I don't think we need to go deeply into special teams. We certainly will over the course of the year. Uh, but that's the group, again, as you, as, as you know it. So in terms of the game tonight, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I said, you're about a 9-point favorite, 8.5 to 9-point favorite, depending on what book you look at. Um, I do not expect a loss tonight. I think the Patriots are going to come out of the gate very strong uh, I think the Chiefs are in a very difficult spot for the first for the first game of the year. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs are a bad team by any means. I think their defense is really good, and it should be a good early season test for the Patriots' offense. Uh, but it's very difficult to come into New England first game of the season when emotions are high and the Patriots are fresh and win that game. Uh, I do not think the Patriots are going to have too much trouble scoring points uh, like I said, I think over the course of the season, the Chiefs' defense will be very, very good. I just don't think this is a great, great spot for them. Um, I think the Chiefs' offense cannot match the Patriots' offense. Uh, the Chiefs' offense has two new wide, uh, uh, has huge turnover in both the backfield and the wide receiver position. Um, Alex Smith is your quarterback. They're obviously trying to phase him out after Patrick Mahomes was drafted in the first round by the Chiefs this season he might be on his last season with the with the Chiefs maybe second to last solid quarterback but again not someone who you think is gonna like the scoreboard up um, the Patriots almost never lose this game they're ready for it they've studied the Chiefs all offseason um, I would not expect them to lose this evening uh, it's really hard to beat them at home and I don't think they're gonna lose it tonight give me the Patriots tonight I'll take them by a score of 31 to 17 um, and I'll take the Patriots, my official, if, if, if you can call it this, I wouldn't trust my, my. I would not trust my, my picks against the spread for anything. I'm not exactly a prognosticator. But if I'm picking the Patriots game tonight, give me the Pats, give me the points. I'll take the Patriots minus the 9, and I'll take them to win 31-17 to tonight against the Chiefs. Um, underlying underlying uh, story to this game is the relationship between Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. They're very close. Uh, good friends. Obviously, they're going to try to beat each other tonight, but uh, it'll be fun to watch the, the, the post-game press conferences with these two guys. They're, they're probably the two least-spoken coaches in the league uh, and very, very good friends to boot. But should be a fun game tonight. Enjoy the game, Patriots fans. I know we went a little long today. We didn't get to the Red Sox game very quickly. They won last night 6-1. to The lead is now 4 over the Yankees. Magic number is 20. Nothing more to be said about that. But it's a Patriots Thursday. Enjoy the game tonight, Patriots fans. Uh, We will talk about it again tomorrow morning. We'll analyze the game. We'll break it down and see what happened. But for now, have fun with the Pats tonight. Enjoy the football season, and we will see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.